All right, it's the Keefe to the City Yankees podcast, and the Yankees lose. They lose in disappointing fashion, one of the worst losses of the season. In a season that's filled with so many losses, though, it's really hard to say that this was the worst loss or worse than any of the other horrible losses, but this was really, 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 really bad as the Yankees got out to an early 3-0 lead thanks to another John Carlos Stanton home run, his third in two nights against ex-Yankee Jay Happ, and I will say it is good to see that the Yankees didn't let the ex-Yankees beat them the way they have so many times in the past. They beat Michael Pineda. They didn't let Rob Refschneider's uh, big two-hit night, including that double on Tuesday night, come back to beat them. They didn't let Jay Happ beat them. So from an ex-Yankee standpoint, that's good because whether it's been Nathan Avaldi or Steve Pierce or Eduardo Nunez or all the big hits Russell Martin had, or the list goes on and on and on of ex-Yankees who come back to screw the Yankees over and weren't necessarily good Yankees when they were Yankees. But the Yankees have that huge lead early, and they blow it eventually. Michael King wasn't good again. He's never really good, though. But he keeps being given opportunities to open games, to start games, whatever the fuck you want to call it. The guy's not any good. He wasn't good last season. He hasn't been good this season. And the Yankees keep giving him the spots that should go to Davey Garcia. But it's, hey, it's Michael King. We'll just keep throwing him out there and potentially losing every fifth day and losing most of the other times that's not every fifth day. Eventually, the Yankees blow the lead completely in the ninth inning. They have a two-run lead. Araldis Chapman comes in, who's been amazing. One of the best starts to a season in history. And he goes single home run, single home run. Doesn't record it out. Gives up four runs, two home runs, and the Yankees lose 7-5. to five. Miss out on a huge opportunity here to sweep a fucking awful team. To get back three wins after they lost, after they were swept by Boston last weekend, swept by the Tigers the weekend before that. Missed a huge opportunity here. And with an off day now on Friday, they'll play the Phillies twice, Saturday and Sunday, and then another off day on Monday before they play Toronto, who's beating the shit out of them all season. And this is so typical of the Yankees that you start to think, okay, they score eight runs on Tuesday. They scored nine runs on Wednesday. They have a huge lead here on Thursday. The offense is doing well, even though it's against the Twins, who are absolute garbage. At least it's signs of the offense doing well. And then they get the big lead on Thursday, and you're thinking, okay, they're going to finish this off. This is who the Yankees should be, a team that beats up on bad teams, a team that destroys bad teams. And instead, they just let the Twins hang around, hang around some more, and then eventually the Twins come back and win the game. It's a bad fucking loss. It's really, really bad. The Yankees are now 33-33, and 33 games over 500, 63 games into the season, 99 games left. The Red Sox beat the Astros, so the Yankees give up a game there. The Rays didn't play, so they didn't have a chance to lose, so the Yankees lose another game there in the loss column. They're just not good. And you can say whatever you want to say about Tuesday and Wednesday's games and the offense showing up. It's the fucking Twins. The Phillies aren't any good, but I don't think we'll see that kind of offense this weekend, and we know the Blue Jays are good. And we know the Yankees have had problems with the Blue Jays. They're 3-6 and six against them this season. 5-8 and eight against the Rays. 0-3 oh against the Red Sox. Playing horribly against the teams they need to beat their direct competition for the AL East. That's a bad loss. Really bad. Things like that can't happen. They can in a normal season. But not in a season when you're getting swept by the Tigers and you can't beat the Rays, you can't beat the Blue Jays, you can't beat the Red Sox, you have trouble with the Orioles, 
You pissed away April. You pissed away the last week of May. You've pissed away here the beginning of June. When things like that happen, you need to fucking turn it around. Start winning games consistently. Start having long winning streaks. Start stacking wins because you have to make up for all the losses you've had. Winning two out of three, winning the series isn't good enough. Not against these bad teams. If it's against Toronto next week, you win the series, okay. But you have to beat up on the bad teams. Because you're not doing your job against the good teams. You're not going 500 against the good teams and then beating the bad teams. You're beating the bad teams to some extent and then getting your asses kicked by the good teams. A frustrating loss, a disappointing loss, but not surprising because there's been so many of those this season from this team. And you give Chapman a pass, you want to give him a pass because he's been so good, he was going to have a fuck up at some point, fine. But it's just, it's so Yankees-like that that fuck up came in that game. A game that they had a chance to win, sweep the series, and go to Philly and feel good about themselves. Instead, they have to let that loss linger. They have the off day on Friday, and then they play Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, another off day Monday. It's just not good right now. It's not. And Eric Hubs of Barstool Sports, who hosts the Short Porch podcast about the Yankees there, joined me to talk about the Yankees. And we talked. It was right before the game. So things were a little better. They had won two games in a row. Things overall weren't great. But at least you could start to feel a little better about the Yankees. Unfortunately, now that... That's not the case now after the game, so let's get to it. All right, and joining me today to talk Yankees baseball is Eric Hubs of Barstool Sports and the Short Porch Podcast on Barstool Sports. Eric, how's it going today? What's happening, Neil? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. I know we're talking at, at kind of a good time now. I talked to your partner, Tom, last month when things were pretty bleak. Things have been pretty bleak the last two weeks, and I'm not ready to say that this team has turned their season around. I'm not ready to get excited yet because of two wins against an awful Twins team. Uh, certainly, they've played better the last two days and in this series than they have of late, but this team has tricked me one too many times this season, so I'm not ready yet to uh, start thinking, hey, the Yankees are back this season. No, you, you can't be, especially with the Twins. If they couldn't beat the Twins this week, then it's really like, okay, the season's over. There's really like no hope here. So at the bare minimum, it's a good thing they're doing this. They need to continue it in Philly this weekend and Toronto um, to start the week and just have a really good road trip and then come back and you get the Oakland A's. So, you know, they're a first-place team right now. So you really got to be feeling good. And plus, you know, I like to think they can do some damage on this road trip. It's a good start, obviously. Um, and then you get Oakland when you come back, and that's probably going to be with a full stadium or close to it for the first time all year, first time in two years. Yeah. So that's the hope. Just just keep the bats going. If it was the Twins that's going to get them get them a little kickstart, fine by me. That's that's totally cool. Yeah, and of course it's the Twins because it's always the Yankees destroying the Twins. Uh, but entering this series, certainly they lost. Uh, they were swept by the Red Sox, rather. They lost 10 out of 13 in those 13 games sandwiched between the two most recent off days. Uh, lose the series to the Blue Jays, swept by the Tigers. And when you look back at this season, there's been so many low points I can't. I, I thought when they lost to Matt Harvey, things couldn't get lower. They've lost to him. They've lost to Michael Walker, Jordan Lyles. They were swept by the Rays at Yankee Stadium. They were swept by the Red Sox at Yankee Stadium. They were swept by the Tigers. I just. I don't know really what's been the low point this season. I'd have to think that we've passed it. They've been swept by their rival. They've been swept by their other rival. They were swept by the worst team. You know, possibly the worst team in all of baseball. I. I can't imagine that this team has any more bad tricks up their sleeve. I hope not. I, I can't withstand more more low points. And I, th- I think nothing was lower than probably getting swept by the Tigers because when they came to the stadium, the way the Yankees handled them 
with the, that one Cole game, I think it was a Friday night, yeah. where I think he could have struck out 20 guys that night if he really cared to do it. And I thought he was actually going to throw a no-hitter at one point. Um, <laughs> the way they just dispatched them in that series, then to look as lifeless and weird as they did in Detroit, that was certainly a low point. Um, and also, I mean, also Boone just not standing up, uh, you know, with the terrible call in Odor in the ninth inning against the Sox, and then losing it the way they did, also a super low point. I, I like to believe we're past it. And, you know, we're going to get healthier and who knows if they actually make a trade if they if Brian Cashman works some magic or whatever. But I, I hope to God we are past the, the rock bottom when we're on the way up because I can't <laughs> handle it anymore. Well, you bring up Aaron Boone and, and sitting on his thumb in the dugout watching his coaches do uh, his bickering for him in, in the Red Sox series. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was skeptical when Boone got hired. You know, I have been on the record for three years now being vehemently against him ever since the 2018 ALDS when Severino didn't know the start time of the game. He let Severino <laughs> load the base with no outs. Uh, he brings Lance Lynn in there. He lets CeCe the yep. next night face the order for a second time just to face Jackie Bradley. Just at that moment, I knew that they had made a huge mistake in their managerial choice. And ever since then, you know, things haven't gotten any better. In 19, granted, the team just couldn't hit. It really wasn't his fault in the postseason, though Jay, right. letting Jay Happ go for as long as he did in Game 2 with the Correa walk-off in the ALCS probably right. wasn't great. But last year with the uh, unnecessary rest in a 60-game season where they almost didn't make the playoffs, the Jay Happ bullshit in Game 2 last year, and then everything he's done this year between his actual in-game management, his bullshit excuses, his lies in post-game press conferences – Pretty much everything he said from spring training to this point has been a lie, whether it's about playing Gary Sanchez or letting Clint Frazier be the starting left fielder or yep. saying that he'd play Frazier or Judge in center field over Gardner. There's a long list yep. of lies this guy's made, and at least I feel like the majority of Yankees fans have kind of all turned on him at the same point. And while some are later than others, I, I guess it's better late than never, but it seems like everybody is ready to just move on from him. For me, it's like I don't know... Oh, we just got the lineup out. So let's let, you can get a live reaction to me if they actually sat Stanton. <laughs> he's not going to play this weekend. Let's see if he actually did a good job. Oh, look at that. He actually was no, – okay. All right. You know what? I'm not, I'm not ready to burn the place down. <laughs> judge, and, judge, judge and center, Stanton DHing. They got Giddens at first, but they moved DJ to second. Uh, so they're basically sitting outdoor. Uh, yeah. Worst things. Clemson, right? That's actually – I'm pleasantly surprised with that. But back to my it's, point. It's sad we have to be surprised that uh, a guy who gets more days off than anyone is not getting a day off with three off days this week. And a gold glove winning second baseman is actually playing the position he wins gold gloves yeah. at. Yeah, I, I've been on the Stanton, uh, don't boo this guy. He's so freaking good at this sport. And when he's hot, it, like there's no one, there's truly like not many people that are better than him. And, uh, I, you know, it was nice to see him, hit, you know, get out of his funk last night against the twins. And hopefully that, that gets him going. Um, I, I generally feel like he wants to play every day and he definitely wants to play the outfield too. And when he was in Miami, he played the outfield and he really didn't get hurt in Miami. So it's interesting. They just refuse to kind of do that. But I, I also see it like he is kind of a piece of glass, but back, back to Boone. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I know I'm all over the place, but I, I don't know what you can, you know, like, does he actually have input with the lineup? Does he have input with days off? Like, I just, I truly, like, I don't think he does. Like, I, truly, I think he is this puppet. But what pisses me off the most about him is these post-game quotes that are just the same regurgitated bullshit. And it's basically like you're trying to write a college paper and you've only got, like, a page <laughs> worth of stuff. But you need to get the four pages. And it's every single night the same bullshit. It's just like, 
be accountable against these guys. Like, yell at them for a little bit. Like, I know that Girardi went too far with that in terms of, like, degrading Gary Sanchez. And Boone is kind of the polar opposite. They need something in the middle. And I always thought that would be Buck Showalter. I think that he would be – I would I – would, if I were running the team, he would be the manager right now going into the season. I wanted Boone gone at the end of 2020. But it's just – for me, it's the way he just is so passive and standing up for his guys and arguing calls. And, and don't tell me, like, it's his heart because – uh, the Thursday before the Red Sox series against the Rays, he got ejected a 9-2 game. I don't know why he's waited for the 9-2 game, 9-2 part of the game instead of when Clint Frazier struck out on three, uh, on like basically six straight balls. <laughs> but like he was ejected and fired up in that game. So don't tell me he's holding back because why would he get ejected in that game and not Sunday? So that bothers me. And just the same regurgitated bullshit. Um, he just doesn't. The basically they hire him. This I always say this in the podcast. He's essentially the PR guy for the Yankees front office. Like he's the face of their decisions. He doesn't make the decisions in my mind, but he's the guy that has to tell the media why they're doing it. And he does a horrific job of that. So in my mind, he shouldn't be the manager because he's doing a horrific job of the stuff they're asking him to do. I don't know what he does well. I think the players like him, but the, just the PR aspect of it and making the Yankees a once-storied franchise, they haven't been the last 20 or so years, making them look like they are now, I think that falls on Boone. I also think another part of Boone that bothers me so much is the base running that falls on the manager. Like you can't like that is just coaching and discipline and all that. And I don't think he really hammers it into these guys. Like just, you can't be that bad on the base pass repeatedly. Like these, the mistakes they make in fundamentals, you just, you can, you can teach that to these guys and he just doesn't. And that's what bothers me most about Boone. It's really not the lineups because I don't hold them accountable for it. It's not the off days. I don't, I think that's all Cashman and the analytics analytical team. Um, but I, you know, everything else, that bothers me so much. It gets me fired up. Well, I've always said I thought the Yankees should have two managers the way some NFL teams have, like, a field goal kicker and then a kickoff guy where Boone can be, like, everyone's buddy in the clubhouse and the guy who plays cards on the plane on road trips. And then they have an actual guy, whether it's, like you said, Buck Showalter, who does the managing in the games. He doesn't have to be everyone's friend. He just makes the in-game strategy decisions because Boone is in way over his head when it comes to that. And you bring up the word puppet because I remember last year at the end of the season press conference with Brian Cashman, he used the word puppet and said Aaron Boone's not a puppet. The lineup card's his. The bullpen decisions are his. It was that way under Joe Torre. It's that way under Joe Girardi. It's that way for any manager as long as I'm here. So when it comes down to Cashman, who is openly honest, like he goes out of his way to be honest about things, for him to say that makes me think that it is Boone doing these things because there's no one who has an Ivy League education who's in the front office of a team who crunches numbers, who does data, who thinks Rubenet Odor should bat fucking second or fourth or sixth or that Brett Gardner should ever be batting higher than ninth, and who gives Giancarlo Stanton off days after two days off. It's like if you're healthy enough to play, you're healthy enough to play. And they, they keep doing these injury prevention ideas and things based around the idea that they can stop injuries. But the only way to not get injured is to not play baseball. And I feel like that's right. what they're getting to. They'd rather just lose games. They, they have ad basically openly admitted that losing a game is not as big of a deal as if someone gets hurt. Yeah, they 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 put the value in the regular season at an all time low compared to what they should be. If you're getting swept by the Tigers, you can't afford to punt games against the Twins. They're not granted. They're not punting this game. I guess unless they're you consider starting Mike King punting the game. But I think that I, is that I is have, punting the game. <laughs> I guess, but I I do like him and I do like his stuff. And I think I think he's he's going to he is better than what his numbers say and whatever that that's just my he comes in my pocket so I, I like him and I, I do think <laughs> he gives a shit and he he does have some good talent so we'll see what Mike King but 
at least with the lineup, at least they're not punting this game. But they do it way too often, and you can't afford to do that when you have the Rays as good as they are. The Red Sox are very good this year. The Astros are, are rock solid. The A's are rock solid. And there's only so you know there's only two teams that are going to be in that wild card. And it's like this is a this is a four team race for two spots basically in the AL wild card. And you can't afford to devalue the regular season. Last year, I kind of understand it because uh, there were so many teams that make the playoffs. It like kind of like it's like oh, it's almost a, especially with not having like the, the divisional round at actually home stadiums. It's like well, being the home team here really there's you know there's really no point in like going all out for it. Now with everything back to normal, it's back to caring. Like you need yeah. to care about these games, and it's just. It bothers me so much when they pump those games and, and they sit guys. And I do actually like what they've done with Judge this year. Um, now, I do, it's like, I don't know, bodies react differently, obviously. And Stan's, you know, the, whatever they do with Stan, it kind of doesn't do much. Like, I feel like he's just in a, in a bad spot with his body. But Judge, the, the rest they've given him, the DH spots they've given him this year, I mean, this is the most he's played through June 10th, I feel like, in a long time. So it's nice to see, and, he, and his numbers are off the charts across the board. Like, everything is just there. He's been excellent this year. So I do like what they're doing with Judge, but the contrary of what they're doing with Stan is just infuriating. And what, like I said in the offseason, I've said this multiple offseasons in a row, John Carlos' inability to play left field, or at least this team's disbelief in him playing the outfield, really hurts the entire lineup. Like, the, the flexibility you can have where, let's say Luke Voigt is healthy again, but you can't DH him and put a better guy at first base or something like that. Or, you know, you, you just always have to, if you're, if you're not, you can't give, when everyone's healthy, you can't give Judge a DH day without benching Stan. That hurts the entire lineup. And like, you know, that's just the poor roster construction that Cashman has built here. And he, and, the, and the blame falls on him as well. So. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And I know that they just stacked the righty bats and they've said that that just sort of happened that way. And that's what was available at that to yeah. them at the time that they got everyone. But to not have any balance and the fact that Aaron Hicks was your only left-handed bat, he had to bat third because you have to force him between the righties, yeah. even though it oh made no God. sense. And then you have Odor, who you go out and you actually traded real humans for, even though the Rangers were paying $27 million to go away. And then you have Gardner yeah. and they have no left-handed bats. And it just, you know... Like you said, it, it does fall on Cashman, and he's done a lot of great things in his time as Yankees GM. And certainly everyone, if you, the second you say anything bad about him, will point to guys like Voight and Urshela, who he you know, mm. basically found their careers. But there's enough bad of late to negate those things. And you bring up Luke Voight, and you know that when Luke Voight comes back, he's going to play a game and then get the next game off. <laughs> Probably. Now, I will say, the lefty thing... Has not bothered me. And obviously, it's it's running its course, and the whole lineup is in trouble this year, and that probably has something to do with it. But going into this offseason, there were a lot of Yankees people on Twitter who wanted Luke Voigt traded. And to me, I, I mean, I'm the, I'm the number – I consider myself the number one Luke Voigt guy. Like, I was the first guy in his bandwagon when he hit those bombs against the Orioles. I believed <laughs> in him, and he's been awesome. Now, like, to me, trading the heart and soul of this team, a guy who gets on base a ton too, hits a ton of bombs. Like, it's just a good guy to have on your team. Trading him – where you already are moving on, obviously, from CeCe and Didi over the years. You know, these guys who are just such good in the clubhouse people. And moving on from Void, I was just, just because he's not a lefty, that bothered me. But I do get, like, obviously, it would I would love to have a Michael Brantley on this team. He was, like, the perfect guy to go yeah, get. Yeah, they could have had him, but they had to bring Gardner back. Right. It, and I've, I could not be more against that. <laughs> I never understood it. People are just brainwashed to like the guy because he's good in the clubhouse. The guy hits 200. He plays some decent defense good for him has a terrible arm um and now he's being forced to play because aaron hicks is out here and yeah like you said the aaron hicks hitting third I, it's been such a roller coaster of a season 
I kind of forgot that they did that to start the year and they were just sticking to it and the insanity behind it just because he was a lefty. It's crazy. Um, but hopefully his time with the Yankees is coming to a close. And, you know, although I guess his contract is going a long ways, but I mean, his value is plummeted with this team. Uh, but yeah, it, it is frustrating. I do think my prediction um, in the next couple of weeks, maybe a month, is that Clint will be on the move um, and that they're going to bring in a real starting center fielder because I think the way Andahar has really come up here and just absolutely mashed like to the to the two I never even thought we were going to get this guy again like to, to even look somewhat like what we're seeing not like this and same five homers in eight games he looks like 2018 Mickey who was an absolute terror to every team yeah. um, I know Red Sox fans were like he like U.S. Red Sox fans back then 2018 who were you most afraid of in the Yankees they said Miguel Andahar that's how good this guy was at the plate we're kind of back to it which is great and he's been great in left field too like stunningly really solid in left field like I, I'm stunned at how bad this guy was at third base, how good he looks at left field right now. Um, so uh, I don't. Oh, what I was saying is Clint's kind of out of position because yeah. you know you have Judge and right. You can't play him center too much. And uh, you know if you could, it'd be great because then Clint could be in right field and he looks better in right field than any other position. But you can't. You can't put that on Judge. You're going to kill Judge if you put him in center every day. You can do it on occasion, but you can't do it consistently. Um, so that hurts Clint. And I think the value of Clint having. Um, you know, there's potential, obviously, with him. Like, we, we saw it last year. Um, he can play defense now at, at a decent rate. I guess this year's been a little bit of a drop. But um, <laughs> there's there's also years on his, you know, he has team control. So you can go and get a Kettle Marte maybe and make Clint the centerpiece along with maybe another pitcher. And maybe the Diamondbacks do that. Because Kettle Marte would be awesome to have on this team. But I think that's where we're headed. I think, unfortunately, Clint will be traded and they're going to bring in a real guy at center. All right, Eric. Well, thanks for taking the time to come on. I know we're talking at, at a good time right now, which is always nice. Uh, but yeah, well, the, it's all negative for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the most part, it has been all negative for the last uh, yeah. two plus months since well, opening day. But fair. we'll have to do this again, check in again as the season goes, and uh, hopefully the the good times are still going. Then you got it, Neil. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks again to Eric for taking the time to come on and talk about the Yankees. Like I said, we had recorded right before the game, so better mood. Yankees had scored 17 runs in two games. They had won both games. Looked like, hey, maybe they're going to put together a long winning streak. Nope. Just when you think the Yankees might turn a corner, they quickly remind you of who they really are this season. So that'll do it for today. The Yankees are off on Friday. Their next game Saturday against the Phillies. And then Sunday against the Phillies. I'll be back after both games to talk about it. Thanks for listening. Talk to you after Saturday's game.